Hi there and welcome to this week's edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is made by fans for fans and where the content is absolutely free. And again, guys, as I keep on telling you every week, it's not just the podcast, it's free. We've got the, the online content at the Jersnet website, and we also have the forums as well. So get yourself onto those. Uh, it is episode 96 of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. We are fast approaching uh, the 100 mark, uh, 100 mark excuse me. Uh, so we're, we're, we're nearly 100 and not out. Uh, if I had asked a few people at the time when we started, if I'd have got to 100 episodes, I, I think uh, I'd have been laughed at a wee bit. So we'll, we'll find in there. If you're new to the pod, please subscribe uh, and get on social media and tell others out there that we're here. We've got over 3,000 subscribers now. So thanks, guys. Thanks to everyone that's subscribed so far. Uh, the pod is live tonight, but it will be available to stream and download on a number of platforms as per usual, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, and Spotify. Again, as it has been for the last four months, guys, we are still in lockdown and coming out it now, we're, we're sort of stage three or whatever it is, so we can kind of go for a pint if we give you know, our personal details and, you know, we can get out and about a wee bit more, but uh, the football is still kind of cancelled, but for the first time in four months, we do actually have a game of football to talk about. I'm, I'm actually lost. I don't know what to do. Uh, we're not used to talking about votes and all the rest of it for the last four months. I, I, I don't know if I can talk about a game of football. So we've got the games in, in, in France. Obviously, we played Lyon and Nice, and we won that, that trophy over there. We are champions, and we didn't have to do it through a corrupt vote. So we'll have a look at that. Obviously, these games have got a big impact uh, coming up on the, the, the season coming up. So it's a big part of Stephen Gerrard's preparation. So we'll have a look at all that. There's been a bit of a controversy this week, unfortunately, around uh, the, the Rangers players taking a knee and the, the Black Lives Matter movement. We'll have a wee discussion about that. Stephen Gerrard mentioned in his post-match comments uh, yesterday about academy players. I think he was having a wee sort of dig at Kai Kennedy. So we'll, we'll have a wee look at that and, and the, the ones that are doing quite well and the ones that maybe are, are, are not struggling and, and what the future holds for the academy. And the MyGear scheme came out this week, so we'll have a wee discussion about that because there was a lot of Twitter aggro uh, about where people were placed in their, their various tiers. So we'll have a, a wee quick discussion about that if we have time at the end of the show. Uh, joining me tonight, I've got two absolute legends of the pod. I say that, but I don't really mean it. Uh, first of all, we've got Ross, the, the, the second best host on the Jersnet weekly post, po- podcast. podcast. Uh, how are you, Ross? The second best host on the podcast. Uh, yeah, no, I made I made a pure ass of that. <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess that's, that's David in number one, then, isn't it? That's I'm number certain. three. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm 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 very good, mate. I'm very good. I was delighted to watch some uh, some Rangers over the last few days. It's been uh, honestly just a treat to to watch us winning, and uh, you know, as we've said many times on the show, there have been so many injustices served. To, to Rangers Football Club and to us as Rangers fans over the past seven, seven or eight years, that to me, the biggest injustice was always how we were robbed of the Florida Cup. So for us to, <laughs> to put that ghost to bed with the Veolia Trophy is, I mean, it's one hell of a weekend. I mean, I've been celebrating all weekend, if I'll be honest with you. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was good. I did quite enjoy seeing it again, you know, seeing Rangers take to the field uh, it's not totally in anger but you know it's part of the preparation for the, the, the upcoming season so yeah quite enjoyed it I, I still find it strange I must admit we know we know fans and I find that quite uh, quite hard to get into although that said I did hear a couple of a couple of chants a couple of Rangers chants so as always some bears have got there they always find a way out uh, so yeah like yourself I've quite enjoyed it uh, and also joining us tonight uh, we've, we've got Alex uh, Alex Ander Anderson. Alex, how are you? I'm not bad, Jets, not bad. Thanks for having us back, guys. <laughs> if, uh, if I'm a legend of the pod, uh, it must be because after my first appearance, Frankie got the first set of demands for a refund, <laughs> for a, for a, a free-to-air pod, you know, so I must have done really well. 
you're, I, a legend, um, you're, a, you're a legend of the pod, Alex, because we set a really low bar here. You know, exactly, right? mate. Exactly. <laughs> we're all legends of the pod. We're all hopeless at what we do. We do it. It's the only reason I agreed to come on, because I knew you'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> no standards here. No, no one looks down at you. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's like just <laughs> yeah, we just come on and talk a lot of shite for an hour and then go home. So, aye, that, so, but it's good to have you. Say, you know, sometimes people come on and don't come back. So it's good to see that you decided to come back. So, uh, aye, it'll be good to get your views over the next hour or so. Uh, right, guys, straight into it, I suppose. Let's have a wee look at the, the games over the last couple of days here. Uh, played Leon on Thursday night, was it? 2-0 uh, victory. And we played Nice last night and... Uh, I'm back. I'm actually having a, a a mind blank here. Was it one 0 last night? Aye, one 0 uh, So two 0 two 0 Aye, aye. We scored right in the last minute. Yeah. Aye. So four goals scored, none against. Trophy secured. You know. Uh, I mean, Ross. I'll come to you first on this. On the front of it. Oh, sorry. On the face of it, it looks like we've had you know a pretty successful tournament. And you would have to say that was the case. You know, I, I thought Rangers. Uh, played well over the two games. Don't get me wrong, there, there, there were still wee things here and there, but I thought they played between the lines well. You know, they were they, they were quite insistent in, in playing the ball out from the back at times, uh, and, and and playing between the lines and getting up front. How did you see? It? I mean, overall, I thought we played well, but it still looks like there's a couple of things that need to be fixed if we've really got a chance to challenge in next season. I absolutely. I think that's a that's a fair assessment, and I think we probably have to to put a, a huge caveat on all of this for any lurking Tims that yes, it was a friendly tournament. Yes, it was pre-season. No, it doesn't mean that we'll win the league. No, it doesn't make us Champions League winners. Um, that said, it went as well as it could have gone in that all of the key players got a significant amount of game time. We tested ourselves against two, you know, two sides who are in a stronger league than ours and are better teams than, than, than we are. Um, and we came out on top. And by the way, they're, they're a week or two ahead of us in terms of pre-season as well. So all of the signs in terms of the, the big picture stuff is very, very encouraging. And, and like I said at the top of the show, it was just very enjoyable. I, I really enjoyed watching it. And, and the Leon game in particular on Thursday night was, it was a, a, a pretty good quality, actually. I thought that, I, I don't know if I could pick a single player really to, to, to heavily criticise um, the Nice game I thought some standards were, or, or some players maybe had a, a less successful evening. Um, shame for the lad, but George Edmondson in particular with his distribution was was noticeably poor. But but Leon on Thursday night in particular, I thought that the lads gave a really, really good account of themselves. I was really impressed uh, out of possession with the way that they got back behind the ball, they regroup, and then they press hard. So they don't just kind of headless chicken run and chase down the ball, but they come back in a structured manner and then apply the pressure. Um, I think it showed really, really good discipline. So, uh, yeah, no, I think in terms of a, a pre-season trip, we've obviously not been doing so well when it comes to friendly trips abroad. Uh, I'm thinking mid-season trips to Dubai particularly. But what this week, this weekend has shown me is it's confirmed the assessment that I made 12 months ago when we played Marseille off the park is that we would piss all over League One in France. I mean, we are clearly the dominant side of French football. And it's just, you know, it's a cursed shame that we happen to be based in Scotland. Uh, it's a bit of a gutter, isn't it, Ross? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, we're forgetting PSG here. You know, they would maybe get a draw off us. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, but... At the Parc de France, maybe. Aye, maybe, but... yeah. Aye. Ibrox, aye. We would cuff them at Ibrox. Uh, I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I, I thought overall there was the general direction of traffic over the two games was fairly positive, I think. Again, you have to put the caveat on, as you say. You have to put it in the context in terms of it's a friendly tournament and, you know, it's, it's, it's probably not getting played at that, that high level that a competitive game would be getting played at. But, you know, one thing's for sure, if it was other way about, if we'd been out there and been cuffed in both games, you know, we'd probably be on here wailing that we're, you know, we're rubbish and we're not going to challenge next season. So it's it's a kind of difficult one to pin down because I think I always find it quite difficult to, to gauge when a team is uh, through watching, you know, friendlies. But as you say, it went as well as, as, as it could. Alex, what about yourself? How did you feel the two games went? Did, did you think it was... 
uh, overall positive with a couple of things that maybe need uh, tweaked as we move forward? I just uh, slightly disagreeing with, with Rossi's take on it. I think it proved that we will win the Europa League this season. Go straight into the Champions League <laughs> and they rob that next season. And um, I, I think we're going to win every trophy going for you until the end of this decade. Uh, I think the four months without Vitba might have affected me a wee bit. I didn't realise just how much until I was in the edge of my seat last night screaming my nut off at uh, Jimmy Murphy for having that one knocked off the line. And it's the, any idea that this was um, again, just a, a pre-season exercise, just get a bit of match fitness, get the, get, get the fitness levels up. Uh, just went uh, right with it. But it was already, it was kind of un, that idea was under threat for the moment we were in a in a tournament with Celtic, you know, but uh, the minute we uh, went two goals up on Thursday night and you just felt the old ticker going and uh, you're like, we're two and up against Leon and Leon, I don't care what kind, of le- what kind of level of fitness everybody's got, we're beating Leon and Leon, we're two and up, if we chuck this, losing a two goal lead uh, is always going to be a bit of a beamer at the best of times, but it was just the kind of, the prestige and uh, I felt like, I don't know, it's like some. Like, like grandparents, we kind of, you know, spoiled grandkids that come in and kind of wreck the house every weekend and uh, they're kind of sick of the sight of them. I think at the beginning of lockdown, they may have been thinking, oh, I'm glad to get a wee break. I've no got the Wayne's coming in uh, this weekend to, to wreck the house. And I was I was feeling a bit like that uh, back in kind of early April. I was like, aye, the, oh, the aggravation, the kind of the kind of poison you get on Twitter that you get yourself dragged into, or the, you know, Celtic claiming the title the way they did, and just the just the general kind of black-heartedness that's been going about for the last eight years, really. I was actually, I, I can actually do a wee break with this. I don't really. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I could do it. And the minute we, <laughs> the minute we come down that tunnel uh, in Thursday. Uh, you're back in. You know, you're, you're right back in. But I thought, uh, as you see, we're actually, I mean, we're a team on, we're still coming back to 2012. We're still a team on the way up and you need every bit of confidence you can possibly get. So, we would have been plenty of headlines if we had got. I mean, this is Leon, Nice, two league and teams for all, for all we're joking about the, the capabilities of French top level teams against ourselves. Um, yes, the back of your mind, I think if we take a horse in these two games, there'll be the, the, the Daily Record and the, the Sun and every Celtic fan you talk to on Twitter isn't it going to be saying, oh, it's just a pre season tournament, but you're getting excited about it. They'd be, they'd be giving it to you hard. So I thought it was absolutely fantastic um, to just take, come away two goals each game. No goals conceded, and uh, a wee trophy. And I, I don't know. It just felt. It just felt like you're playing in a big red, white, and blue stadium. I mean, the first the first goal I've seen is scoring for four. I mean, obviously the Hamilton game up in up in Howie was yeah, it was there, but the first kind of game you're seeing is scoring live. It's uh, into a red, white, and blue net, and there's a big orange. Uh, kind of advert behind the goal. And all that. <laughs> the, the, tro- the trophy was red and blue. You know, it just, it just, know. Felt, it just kind of felt as if this was meant to be. And it was just lovely after all these months of us trying to fill the kind of the kind of wasteland. Uh, we, we know Rangers just be getting involved in all the kind of off-field politics and what have you. Just to have Rangers back and to have them back in that fashion, I thought was it was great. It was, it was, I, I loved every minute. Ross, the, I mean. The... As we said, the, the Dover, Dover sort of line direction of traffic seems to be positive on this. Uh, so I thought we would go through the sort of pros and cons. I mean, the, the pros for me was how we tried to play. I, th- I, I thought we, you know, we, we stuck to that system. There was, there was a couple of times when we were getting pressed really quite high up on the keeper and we, we maintained that sort of, no, no, no one's hoofing it. We're going to try and pass our way out of the press and between the lines here. I like that. I agree with what you said. I think out of possession, we, we went back into shape really quickly and we were hard to, to, to break down. Obviously scoring the, the four goals in two games is a positive as well. I know you mentioned Edmondson yesterday with his distribution. I thought his performance against Leon. you know, when we were under the course a wee bit in the second half, there was, there was, there was a wee period, sort of maybe sort of 60, 70, 80 minutes, but they were getting to the byline quite a lot and sending in really good balls. And, and more than one of them, I was like, oh, here we go. And, and he was the one that read it. He was the one that came across and, and, and defended it well. I thought his performance on Thursday was was really good. But as you pointed out uh, yesterday, his, his distribution, which is obviously going to be important if, if Rangers are going to play this this, this way of, of playing through the lines. You know, he'll, he'll need to brush up on that. 
So that so that was the pros. Pros, sorry, my concerns. Uh, I must admit, Morelos' performance on Thursday uh, concerned me a wee bit, and I, I I do think we need to look at you know getting another striker in because I mean I know he scored in the in the game against Hamilton, Ockham Howie, but that was a, that was a penalty kick. I mean I'm I'm struggling to remember when he scored a goal from open play, and it, again he's he just doesn't look the, the same potent force he was before that that winter break. In terms of uh, another sort of negative, I'm, I'm really starting to question whether Jordan Jones has is, is, is got what it takes to become a Rangers player. I, I felt, I mean, Brandon Barker takes a bit, a, bit of a, you know, a bit of stick at times, but I thought he came on, especially on Thursday, he came on and done really, really well. Maybe the game suited him, you know, sitting in the 10 men and looking to get the ball and, and getting behind the space and, and trying to get at them. Whereas Jones, I thought, gave the ball away time and time again when we were we were trying to hit them on the counter. And I just and he, he had that chance that he put wide of the post as well. And I, I just kind of wondered, you know, every now and again you hear Stephen Gerrard talking about, you know, this guy's made his claim and others aren't making their claim. And I just wonder if Jordan Jones is slowly but surely slipping down the pecking order and and maybe even towards the exit door a wee bit. What about you? How in, in terms of your pros and cons, what did you see over the two games? Um, pros, if we're on the at the individual level, I'd say Joe Aribo, I thought was was superb. Um, yeah. it, it it just seems he could play anywhere in the middle of the park. And actually, I know that he he, he started his career as a centre half as well. So I actually think he could probably play anywhere. Um, I thought his in terms of interceptions and breaking up opposition movement, he was pivotal. Um, and then obviously some some really nice work for Jermaine Defoe's goal uh, on. Saturday, yesterday. Um, so he was he was a, a massive pro for me. Yanis Hadji as well uh, in, in the first game, I thought was was excellent. And um, uh, again, kind of really excited to see what he brings, uh, you know, in, in a full season at Ibrox. Um, on, on a team level, like we say, the, the structure and the discipline of the team in terms of organisational shape, particularly when we went down to 10 men, uh, against Leon was superb because you're right. That last 20 minutes um, was a bombardment of the of the Rangers box of the red zone, as they seem to call it. Um, and the discipline with 10 men to keep that out for so long. George Edmondson was excellent that last that that second half, but so were all the other boys who came in. Calvin Bassey was good. Uh, Lewis Mayo did well, and and Patterson did well as well. So. I'd say that that was really pleasing. Was the, the impact of the academy in a, you know, in a difficult situation? I was happy to see. Um, the cons, I'd say, Ryan Kent being a bit of an idiot, and we can talk about whether it was deserved or not to get sent off. Um, but just don't, I mean, don't give the referee that decision to make. It's just pointless getting getting yourself wound up and getting involved. Um, while we're on Ryan Kent, his his new hair. Have you seen that? The the, the wee rat tail thing. That's a con. I'd be. I'd uh, that's be... that. That is a big con. I, w- I would take a five million pound loss on Ryan Kent for that. Here, dude, <laughs> I'm being honest with you. He's he's always looked a wee bit neddy, but now I mean, <laughs> now he looks a big big bit neddy. <laughs> um, so that's that's a con. Uh, yeah, George Edmondson against Nice's distribution was poor, but really the, we're 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 really scraping the barrel for things to criticise. I thought overall very enjoyable. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's crucial to have that match practice, particularly going into Leverkusen. Um, they had, what, 10 or 11 league games to get them up to speed. And we get games against Hamilton Academicals. So it's it's important for us to, to test ourselves against good opposition. Uh, so overwhelmingly positive for me. Alex, what about yourself? What sort of pros and cons did you take from, from Thursday and yesterday? I think uh, the goals that we scored were actually... It was a, a nice weekend of uh, mixed, a mixture. I think, I mean, Rangers Twitter's never the uh, most reliable straw poll, but the only kind of general criticism you got was was fellas last night, maybe in that kind of contrary way, but saying, right, it's all very well winning these games against teams that are going to come at us, but, you know, what does that tell us about how we're going to do against, I think somebody actually said Hamilton at home. I felt like saying, well, we actually played them at Auckland Howie <laughs> last Friday and beat them, but I think, the first goal we had in the Leon game, although we'd been under the cosh for the first quarter of an hour, actually came from a wee bit of kind of applied pressure 
winning corners. And I thought that Morelis does get himself involved there. He's his kind of physicality. He wins kind of two corners in a row and the second one is uh, we, we kind of Ryan Kent drives in and uh, and it goes. And I think we did that and then we, we had the kind of bit of a counter-attack. Uh, well, the, the, the goal last night, the first goal last night was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I thought, as Ross is saying, I, I thought uh, Aribo's, his interception, I mean, he's got me a, a cracking sliding tackle in about, I don't know, 35, 40 yards out where. And he's on a crack and slide and tackle. And then, I mean, for a guy who's on his arse, he then gets up and goes again and takes the ball off. takes out two midfielders with a kind of wee soft shoe shuffle, lays it off to uh, Glenn Kamara. He plays an absolute world of a ball up to Ken. And uh, he just judges it to perfection, plays into foot. And it's just one of these kind of streetwise, savvy, counter-attacking goals absolutely. I just I love to see. I, I think it comes. I think it's an age thing. Being a bit of Rangers, I, I remember other teams teams doing that to us at Ibrox over the years, foreign, you know, um, in, in European football. And that was yeah, we kind of grew up thinking, hey, that's that's how you've got to do it if you want to be anything on the continent, if you want to do anything in European football. And we did that last night. And the, and the general sharpness, like the second goal, the winner, if you like, and the, the very last kick of the ball against Nice last night, just comes to you. I think was it Greg Stewart, just just being that bit sharper. Just quick shy over the top. I know we're, you know, Nice only maybe like switched on as they could be. Um, I don't, I don't know the kind of level of players they had on in the second half. Definitely barely had in the first half. But it was just the beginning, the beginning of the game against Leon. Well, first fifteen minutes we, we, we looked like this could be ropey. Um, and then after that we just got the Davis. And the thing I always love to see, and I've looked, I've been looking for this since since we played Porto away uh, in the Europa League. We had this, apart from the goal itself, which again was another uh, kind of masterclass in counter-attacking, the goal we scored that night in Porto. This period of pressure we had, uh, maybe five, ten minutes, not even pressure, just kind of possession, where it was Stephen Davis just constantly making himself available, and Ryan Jack is constantly making himself available for Steve Davis. And they're just knocking the ball about, picking out these passes and picking out triangles with like Sabarisic and what have you. And it just, I think that's the kind of, the engine room, the kind of uh, Gerard, Michael Beagle kind of vision for Rangers. Just they're sitting there, and they're going to kind of Jack and Davis are moving it about, and that then lets everybody else get moving, and they can play them in. And I think that that just looked as if it was working really well. Again, that was, it was, I just thought it was really noticeable that when we did that, um, after the first kind of fifteen minutes, where we looked like we were going to cut our own throats against Leon, so it just changed. That was it. It was we got our goal, we got our second goal, and it was kind of. We then we just switched back to Europa League standard. You know, it, it was almost like the red card for Ryan Kent. Uh, just kind of play, just it made it that kind of tense European style game. Just with the, you, 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 we're so used to this, you know, like far away from home and what have you. You've been so used to seeing this kind of thing in Europe over the last couple of years under Gerard. It's kind of everything's on the line, but there's got to be peril involved the whole time. It's always really tense. And I think that's why I ended up seeing seeing this as being much more than a. Uh, just a kind of friendly tournament because it's it, it just seems like typical Rangers and I think the way we ended well the season was ended for us but you know the way we, we were we were domestically after January it was just lovely to see us going back to at least the the kind of basics of what Gerard and Bill are wanting to do yeah, I'm not I'm not sure uh, if the the kind of collapses in January and February the last two years are a uh, completely a mentality thing, if they're a fitness thing because they're playing, you know, basically from early July right through and they're giving it their all in these 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 big games. But uh, I think before we address any other problem, we need to know that the Rangers are back to what they do well. And I think we were. I think we I think we should I think we should that we were. Um that that ability to to take it to big teams in the continent and basically the ability to beat Celtic Parkhead is still there. You know, um, and we'll deal with the other the, the other problem we have against uh, kind of teams that sit in smaller teams that sit in against us domestically. We'll deal, we'll deal with that when it comes to it. Um, negatives, I just I just agree with the question yourself for saying there wasn't there wasn't there wasn't really anything too negative. And I think if we're if we could, if anybody negative about Rangers is, is dismissing uh, the achievement of winning this tournament because it was only a pre-season tournament, then I'm kind of thinking we can do that. We can we can turn that around and say that. Big Edmondson 
playing a few bad balls, a few dodgy balls, you know, that, that can be kind of dismissed by the same token. You know, it's uh, it's it's pre-season. And uh, I think the main thing was just coming away with a kind of positive vibe um, to, to build, because we're going to have to get moving sharpish by Leverkusen coming up. I mean, we really did that. Ross, with, with regards to your, your favourite hairdo, uh, Ryan Kent, sent off. Uh, now, as, as you sort of alluded to earlier on, it did seem a bit harsh to me. However, also, as you've, you've pointed out, he's given the referee a decision to make. You know, he's, he's don't get me wrong, I thought the challenge, it wasn't, it wasn't even so much the challenge, it was some of the stuff that went on afterwards. There's a wee bit of roughing him up that was a wee bit needless. Uh, and, you know, I think the player could have been booked himself, the, the, the other player that was involved. But this, yet again, you know, see when, see when the red card came out, I just kind of thought, oh, here we go again. You know, this is happening too often. And, you know, we coped with it well. Uh, we have to put it in context and say just a pre-season tournament or just a friendly or whatever. But we did cope with it well. You know, Leon did push us and we kept our shape. And a couple of times, at, at, at times it did actually look like it suited Rangers, especially when Barker came on because, you know, when we got possession, he he, he could go into the, the space in behind. But, you know, we, yet again, another, another player getting sent off. Is this really now becoming an issue? Uh, I know it was slightly harsh, but the the, the people in, in, in the Rangers dressing room, the players need to realise that they cannot react to anything because, you know, even if it's slightly softish, there's a good chance, as, as was proved on Thursday, the ref's going to produce a red card. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, you know, even, even in a friendly, you don't react to anything. I think that has to be the message. Um, uh, it was it was a little harsh, but I, I kind of agreed with Gary McAllister's assessment of it. Was that uh, you know the the other boy could have got himself in trouble as well? But don't lift your hands, and we can't really defend it by saying, "I oh, bet he never slapped him that hard." You know, it's it's not really a defence. So um, harsh, yes, shouldn't have done. I mean, first of all, it was it was strange for us to see us with ten men and Morelos be one of those ten, um, but we do seem to have a a, a slight discipline problem. Let's say. Um, I mean, so, sorry to interrupt, Ross. I mean, see when you consider that, that there was some debate over the next couple of days that he might miss the start of the season domestically. Yes. You know, yeah. I, I mean, for such a trivial incident, it could have had quite a big impact on us. Yeah, it's, and, and I would hope that he's been suitably spoken to by Gerard. Actually, I, I have no doubt that he'll have been suitably spoken to by Gerard. Um, because you're right, it, it could have had really, really serious implications. And I think it, to a degree, it will have implications throughout the course of the season, you know, because players will now realise, Christ, you can wind Ryan Kent up by trying to wrestle the ball off him in a pre-season friendly. Let's wind him up all season and he'll react. Um, so he's actually, he's not done himself any favours there because I think it comes now to the hammer throwers of, of the Scottish Premier League he will be targeted. He'll be given a lot of the same treatment that Morelos was given of a little, you know, knee in the calf here and there, a little bit of an elbow, um, just a bit of rough treatment to try and get a reaction. And and what's sad for us as fans is that if he reacts in a pre-season tournament, then he he might well react when it comes to, you know, meaningful and substantial games. Alex, the as I said earlier on, I there was a couple of players I thought that maybe dented their chances. Overall, again, general direction of traffic positive, but there was there was one or two that I thought, you know, when you consider the Rangers are undoubtedly going to do some more business before the, the transfer window closes, mm-hmm. was there anyone that stood out for you that you think that they're, they're, they're living on borrowed time a little bit now? It's difficult to judge. Um, it's difficult for me to judge because I was that, uh, wrapped up in just getting the result. You know, I was, I was, I was actually at the point where I was uh, thinking, Gerard, why are you making all these substitutions? You know what I mean? Why, why are you keep weakening things here? You know what I mean? We're, I was about like that as well. Why, why is he making seven substitutions? I think it's just some sort of pre-season friendly or something. I what know, I know. You know. I had to tell myself, obviously, well, obviously he's aye. trying to give as many people... But that was the thing you were worried that would interrupt the flow. But sorry, I, I, Sorry, on you go. Aye, well, once, he starts, once he starts taking off the Ryans and, and bringing on the Jamies, you know, it's kind of... It, it, it felt as if uh, last night's game... Maybe I'm... I've not analysed it properly, but it feels if he kept the kind of the first team um, pretty much on, on the park for a bit longer than he, would have, than he did against the uh, Leon, and he always kind of feels sorry for anybody who's who's coming on 
into a game that's not only it's bad enough being a sub at the best of times but when you know there's about five other subs coming on with you in the flow of the game's completely broken up it's kind of hard to judge but um without alluding to the uh, precisely to the to, to what he said later about the uh, the youth setup if you're out there you're getting your chance you know you you really need to be giving it some and i thought uh, jimmy murphy's a guy who i thought yeah He's, I would love to see him getting his chance, and I feel as if he's, I feel as if he's got a lot to offer us still. Um, but I, I don't think the boys who came on really, well, the second second half really, I, I, nobody kind of stood out. Um, but but Jonas definitely took his his goal really well. But um, I'm neg- I didn't, I was to be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't particularly impressed with the uh, with Bassey. You know, I didn't think he was. I mean, he's getting he's getting moved about, and, that, and the guy hasn't played a lot of first team football uh, for Leicester, so it's all a bit of culture shock for him. Um, he's going to come in, but it didn't it didn't seem that kind of great to me. But then this is this is this is a problem. Uh, Barisic wasn't the player we thought he was when he first arrived. You know, it took him a good while to to settle in. So I'm loath to judge anybody too harshly just now, um, but. Nobody. It's more rather than who did I think played badly. Um, it's guys that didn't really come on and, and grab my attention. You know, um, there was there wasn't there wasn't a lot of that um, from the kind of what you would see is a kind of kind of B team players, not B team. Sorry, yeah, yeah, your, your second stringers. Uh, nobody was really kind of. Well, I thought, I thought uh, McLaughlin did well um, against Leon in the first game. Um, he looked quite he looked quite steady, but. No, I just generally come away with uh, a good vibe about the whole thing and about the about the way the the club's going. Ross, uh, on on the subject to sort of strengthening squad, Gerard sort of stated after the game that he's still in the market for a striker. You know, as I said earlier on, I've, I've, I still have concerns about Morelos. Um, it, it just, as I said, I just don't think he looks the force that he was. I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying he's not the player. I don't know if he's just out of form or if there's stuff going on off the park that's kind of affecting him or whether he just wants a move or whatever it is, but he just doesn't seem to me anyway uh, uh, the same player. So with that in mind, do you think John John made a really good uh, point on the pod, I think it was last week, uh, he kind of cut my argument in two, to be fair to him. Uh, I sort of argued that we needed a centre-half and he said, well, you know, we conceded the same amount of goals as Celtic last season where we let ourselves down was the amount of goals that we scored uh, and it, you know it sort of alluded that we were too heavily reliant on Morelos and when he stopped scoring you know we we couldn't get it going and we started to lose games and started to drop points so do you would you agree with that and and, and Gerard seemed to echo that with, with the statement that he's looking for a striker do you think that's an area that we need to strengthen yeah w- without doubt um we've been caught short once or twice in the last couple of years um, you know, with, with strikers being unavailable through through injury or suspension, um, and and there is there is far too much burden placed on Morelos to, to be the one to to score goals because he does it so damn well, of course. But um, I, I think to a to a degree, I have a little bit more confidence that we have a proper goal scoring midfielder now in in Yanis Hadji. Um, I've always felt that that players like Ryan Kent are more creators than goal scorers, but I think Yanis Hadji probably does a bit of both. But I think, uh, it, it, to be fair, I think we'll actually be bringing in two strikers because I think Morelos will probably be shown the door uh, if, if a, a reasonable bid comes in this summer. Um, so uh, at least one will join. Uh, you know, I, I have no doubt of that. And I've led to believe there's uh, you know, a, a little bit of money to spend to, to get someone... Um, of sufficient calibre and quality because it's a slightly strange position that you're that you're signing for now because of the way that we set up with with the lone striker at the top of the Christmas tree or however they want to term it. Um, you've got Morelos, who if you know let's let's say he stays beyond the end of this window, he's he's the the undoubted number one striker. So then you're bringing in someone to sit on the bench the majority of the time. But also to to kind of compete with Jermaine Defoe to be the primary bench sitter, it's a slightly strange position to to be recruiting for. Mm. Um, so we need to have someone who, you know, there there are periods. Morelos in his three years with us has shown that he, he 
he goes through, let's say, peaks and troughs, you know, periods of goal-scoring dominance and then more lean periods. Um, and it's happened two or three times and it's, it's not particularly anything to worry about in my mind. Um, but in these leaner periods, the, the club needs to rely on someone to chip in with a, a considerable tally of goals. When you're talking about, you need someone who's going to be scoring 15 goals a season here. Um, so it's, it's, it's not the easiest recruitment job. You can't just, you know, pay top dollar for a proven first choice striker, but you can't uh, take a gamble on, on someone young and unproven. Um, so I don't envy the job of the recruitment team. Obviously, we're getting very positive noises about Ross Wilson and, and his role uh, in, in the scouting setup. So I, I kind of have faith that, that someone suitable will come in, but I'm, I'm not too worried about the Morelos predicament, whether whether he stays or goes. And I'd, I'd love him to stay. I, you know, I, I really love him as a footballer. Uh, if he goes, I know that financially he will go for a deal that is very, very beneficial for us and will facilitate us improving the squad up top, but in other areas as well. Um, if he does stay, I'm not too worried about him finding his form again. He needs a wee bit of confidence. Um, possibly needs to lose a little bit of weight, but we've, we've been in this position before and he's managed that before. Uh, you alluded to maybe there's something going on off the park. I saw a wonderful comment on Twitter uh, that he needs to stop messing about with all this charity nonsense and focus on playing football. Um, so maybe that's the answer. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe he needs to stop, uh, you know, helping other people out. I mean, that's just a terrible thing to be doing that. And it's shocking. Uh, feeding, anyway. feeding the underprivileged and not thinking of Rangers fans is... is I, I know. Madison, Madison, yeah. I'm sure he was doing that when he was scoring lots of goals. So I, I don't know if that would be the issue personally. But you know, as we're about to come on, to, you know, the, 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 there is an issue with, with some supporters uh, and some of their views uh, on that. Alex, prior to the game, as has been the case really since you know football returned, uh, you know, both sets of players prior to the game took an e. Uh, now, the Rangers' official account took a photograph of uh, Tavernier, Ryan Jack, and a few others doing it and tweeted it. And there was a reaction, but I wouldn't say a lot, but, you know, there was certainly a few supporters Aye. commented their, their displeasure at, at players taking any. Now, I, I mean, I have to say, I find, I, I find this staggering and I find it quite sad. If I'm being honest, you know, yeah. now the, 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 the comments, uh, I mean, I've, 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 there's one person I know who's kind of been giving it the whole, you know, all lives matter thing since all this kicked yeah. off. And, you know, you're trying to, I've said, well, you know, no, no one's saying that with black lives matter, that white lives don't matter. You know, surely the whole thing is about equality. It's about making sure that everyone's treated the same. And other people say to me, oh, well, BLM, you know, they're a, they're a terrorist organisation or this or yeah. that. They're trying to defund the police and all that. And you're like, well, okay, uh, if, if that's the thing you're going, surely you can support the message and, and not the organisation. I mean, for me, I, I can remember uh, when Mark Walters arrived at, at Ibrox and the, the treatment he got at Celtic Park. I was uh, there, mate, yeah. Yeah, which remains the, the biggest mass display of racism this country's ever seen. And then oh. again, at, at Tynecastle the following week. Now, I can remember the absolute outrage that every Rangers supporter felt at that time. Yeah. And there, there just seems to be a bit of a contradiction. You know, you, you can't be saying Mark Walters was treated shabbily and in a disgusting manner at Celtic Park in Tynecastle yeah. and then kick off when Tavernier takes a knee, Goldson takes a knee, Aribo takes a knee, Morelos takes a knee, and all his, his, his teammates take a knee in support of them. Yeah. And to, to take offence to this, I, I, I find it staggering. What about yourself? I find it absolutely heartbreaking, Gone. And uh, it's 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 when you know is that the minute you talk, the, the minute you say this is disgusting, um, that there are people out there who are giving you that look of oh here we go, you know. It, I, for me, I, I thought it went without saying. Um, that I, I mean, Morisedu, you know, scoring that goal against Celtic, um, and then it was a year later scoring the last minute goal against Sporting Lisbon. You know, Mark Walters just ripping Celtic to pieces that beautiful day, August '88 at Ibrox, 
putting, I, I was in the, the Eastern Closer that day, and I got a better view than you get, you know, the, the video replays of him putting that ball in Kevin Drinkle's head, just bang right in the top corner, putting that ball in Mark Haley's head in 91, you know, for us to win the league in the most dramatic fashion possible. If that doesn't get it through your thick embarrassing skull, um, how much black guys mean to Rangers, never mind society in general. Just to your wee world of watching Rangers and what they've done for you, and to then think that they shouldn't be able, they shouldn't be allowed to protest at the fact black people are just treated appallingly in general in comparison uh, to white Western people like ourselves. And I, well, I think what we're going to look at here is uh, how we can live in a world where woke has become a pejorative, where, you know, to, to defend, to, to say that racism is wrong makes you a Marxist, you know, um, or, or, or that, I mean, God, this is, I can't even, I can't even say that, you know, there's some left-wing tenants are actually okay because, you know, it's, it's to make everybody, to make sure everybody's comfortable and what have you, that's, that, the, the minute you say anything like this, you, you're be, I know you're being dismissed by these people as being a kind of loony liberal lefty. And it's just, it's like a societal thing. I think it's, I don't want to get party political, um, but I think we're actually living in a world where um, people are going, you know, the people in Charles and Britain and America are going beyond party politics. They're getting around party politics and they're using, they're stoking up racism as a way of doing that. And uh, the, the, the all lives matter uh, kind of reply, kind of retort to, to the, the basic, <laughs> The basic act of saying, I think it's terrible that people are treated, you know, unjustly. It's, I mean, it's like, I, I think a lot of the same people, like Captain Tom Moore getting his knighthood, it's like the equivalent of me saying, oh, I, I can walk up and do my garden, you know, <laughs> on a time, so I'm not getting a knighthood. You know, it's 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 ridiculous. All, there's a wee thing, all life's matter, but I, it's, it's black lives that are being attacked right now. Um, it's black lives that are being, that are, I've always, Basically, I've always been um, getting a much harder deal than us. And I, I think it goes without saying that I um, in no way agree with anybody um, having a go at our players or taking the knee. I was, I mean, to even, be, to even say that I was proud of them doing that sounds patronising to people that have had to live a life that I could never understand. Um, but I was proud of them. And uh, I'm, I, I've never loved vendors more than I saw the, the guys taking a knee and uh, I was proud of us as a as a multicultural uh, club, and for people to have a problem with that, um, it, it, it's gonna. I would like to say it's beyond comprehension, but it's. I think it's part of something that's going on just now in society in general. We saw that this, this kind of flag being flown over in the city of Manchester Stadium, the Etihad, uh, with the, the supposedly from Burnley fans with the all all life smarter thing when the, when the boys were taking it, the boys of both teams were taking a knee. You know, it's like. This is going everywhere, you know, and uh, I'm just absolutely ashamed. And I would, I, I would, I would just any Rangers player uh, there of yeah, black, mixed ethnicity, whatever. Um, I just, I would apologise to them on behalf of all Rangers supporters, decent Rangers fans for for these yahoos and and uh, what they're coming out with. I just think it's we need to have, we need to be engaged with these people. We need to have a conversation and explain to them um, about why Black Lives Matter is an issue. Just now, but um, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Ross, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, and I, and I agree with Alex. I mean, I was I was very proud of the players that they that they they'd done it. I was I was hoping that they would do it. I must admit, it was a couple of minutes uh, late in for the game on uh, Thursday night, and I, I sort of I missed the first couple of minutes, so I missed them doing it. I only found out by, by looking up on, on Twitter. And I was proud, you know, and, and you can see certainly in Tavernier, you know, the, the, the photo of Tav, it means, it means a lot to him, you know, and, and quite rightly so. And so not only is this heartbreaking, but it's also quite damaging to the club, I think, especially when you consider the, the, the sort of anyone, everyone campaign, you know, and, you know, the usual suspects, you know, don't get me wrong. One thing I will say is some of the profiles that were tweeting this stuff were obviously 
you know, uh, fake profiles. I had one come at me on Friday, a guy called uh, Joker Bear, you know, followed 20 folk, none of them Rangers fans, seven right. followers, none of them Rangers fans, all that kind of thing. And uh, so there is that element out there, but there's also an element there of, of genuine supporters who are not happy that the players took in. Now, Ross, when you, when you consider, like, obviously the first one that got on his, his high horse was, was Spears, you know, when you consider that we as a club and we as a support have not helped ourselves in the past, you know, when I see loads of supporters moaning about Spears and, you know, all the rest of them complaining about Rangers supporters and the club. And I get why it upsets them because I do think they, they make it a sort of mission in life to sort of target Rangers. But there are people within the support, especially, who are putting a target on us, you know, and making it easy. We are basically handing these people you know, this the stick to beat us with. And that's what makes it so frustrating to me. And it must be damaging to the club. You know, they must be they're sitting there trying to promote this campaign, anyone, everyone, all that kind of thing. And then when the the official Twitter account puts that out, you know, people within the support are criticizing it. And it must be it must people within the club must be pulling their hair out of this this nonsense. Yeah, I th- I think they probably are. And um for the record I, I completely agree and I'm aligned with with yourself and, and with Alec there that you know it's it, it's just a heartbreaking and, and and quite baffling position to to take really but um I, I suppose in a way you can almost draw parallels between this and the kind of the, the, the sectarian singing issue um whereby you know if you think back to some of our European games of the last couple of seasons Obviously, we've we've had reprimands for singing songs that we shouldn't have sung, um, and and we had conversations on this podcast that were almost, you know, we're talking in very very similar language here. Where you're going, guys, the club is trying to clean up the image and promote a positive message and show itself as a forward thinking, progressive institution. Yeah. Um, and do you not realise the damage that you are bringing? And I don't think any of the three of us right now would disagree with anyone's right to free speech, right? So let's let's get that out of the way straight away. You're you're entitled to your view. Um, I may think it's odious. You may think my view is odious. We're all entitled to have one. Just don't hurt anyone. Really, is probably the basic standard, and that's fine. And I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that. Certainly not on this show. But you have to realise the damage that you can do when the club is actively trying to, to present a certain image that is only beneficial for the institution, right? To then give such easy bait and such easy kind of fodder to, to guys like Spears, who would have been licking his lips, you know, just refreshing that tweet, counting the number of, of, of negative comments on it. Um, it. You can have your view. I won't support it but I don't have to, and you don't have to support mine. And that's cool because that's, that's the country that we live in. But please realize the damage that you're doing. Please realize that um, you aren't helping the situation. You aren't helping the image of Rangers because Rangers doesn't have a particularly positive image when it comes to social issues. And that's why the club has tried so damn hard to clean it up. Um, Just please before you post that next comment criticizing criticizing Connor Goldson because he's pushing a Marxist agenda and an anti-white kind of promoting race war agenda that apparently he's been doing by taking a knee and putting his fist in the air. Just think about the damage that you can do with that kind of comment. Um, I, I, to be honest, that's that's kind of all I've got to say on it. Well, that's an interesting point, Ross, because... I've thought this a few times with it, when it comes to the singing, you know, and some of the, the, the singing. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that I am innocent of that. You know, in my younger days, you know, I've, I've sang the Billy Boys and all the rest of it because that's what we've done. And, you know, in the 80s and 90s, it, it wasn't really viewed in, in the way that it was now, uh, or, or certainly wasn't viewed as strongly as it was now. It wasn't viewed as a positive thing, but it certainly wasn't... Uh, viewed so negatively as 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 it is now and it was i was sort of early in my 20s when i started to think you know what maybe this is actually damaging the club 
which I proclaim to love. And I do love. I mean, Rangers is a big part of my life. And when it comes to Rangers, I try to represent them because I feel I do represent them. I don't, I, I don't look at Rangers and think it's just the people in the park that represent the club or the people in the boardroom. Yeah. When I, when I meet someone, I meet them as a Rangers supporter and, and I want to make the most positive impression on them possible. You know, I want to make Rangers look the best institution possible. And that's what I don't get about it. I mean, I, 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 I kind of dug a guy up once next to me because he was he was singing one of these songs. And I said, look, mate, we get hammered for that. And he just kind of went, oh, fucking, you know. You know, so, uh, you know, they do this, I'm going to do that. And I was like, no, but, but we get hammered for it. The club gets hammered for it. It batters our image. Don't care. And that's what I don't get. If you love something, which every Rangers supporter, I would imagine, especially match-going fans, if you're spending a good portion of your salary to go and support this club and, and get behind them and, and, and cheer them on to win trophies, especially when you consider the last sort of eight, nine years, you know, when we've been really doing in the, in the, in the doldrums, you know, sent down to Division 3 and having to make the journey back up. If you're spending money to go to some of the arse-end places in Scotland to watch these, these guys represent our club, why would you want to damage that? If you're prepared to do that, you must love it. You must love that thing so much. So why would you do something on a voluntary basis that actually is detrimental to the club? And that's what I don't get. So even if these people do have these uh, views and opinions, and as Ross has quite correctly pointed out, they're entitled to their views. You know, as Ross says, why would you not just say, well, if I tweet this, if I say this, it's going to have a negative impact on the club. I know people are passionate about their opinions and, and maybe feel it all comes down to freedom of speech. But, you know, at the end of the day, if, if you must know that this is going to damage the club. You must know reputationally it causes issues. And another thing, you know, what, what does what, what does Taft think? What does Goldson think? What does Morelos think? If they're looking through some of the Aye. comments at their own supporters, what they think of them, you know, or or their race, or or what Black Lives Matters apparently means, and, and what taking a knee uh, means, you know, that, you'd think, well, why am I at this club? Why do I want to play for these supporters? And that's well, what I don't get. That's, I, I, sorry, button, but I, I, that's like you say, that, that's what I don't get. And I've no doubt that, um, you know, Conor Goldson, James Tavernier, and this is part of my problem with the whole thing, uh, you need to walk a mile in the, in the shoes of people um, who've grown up with this kind of stuff their whole life, every day. I don't I don't doubt that they know they could get this from any element, any support. There's the same element in, in just all supports. Um, and I, I'm not for one second getting to the whole what about today thing. We've got to take care of our own our own house. We've got to get our own shop, uh, our own house in order. Um, but for for me, they must be going. They must be thinking to themselves, I, I, I might get this at any other club, but what I've done for Rangers, how much I've put on the line for Rangers, even if we haven't won the trophies that we want to, you know, we haven't always got the result we want to, they must know the effort that I'm putting. These people must know the effort I'm putting in for the club that they support. And how can they know, How can they then turn around and no support me in something that's obviously deeply personal. Um, I remember, God, I, I remember uh, Pataudry, uh, I can't remember what year, but, I mean, but it, was, it was a Sunday night game, and it was near, I don't know if it was, actually, was remembering Sunday, and uh, I think we beat them 2-1 or whatever, I think we, we won anyway, but at some at some point, we were doing quite well, the Bears are all, we're, we're doing the damn busters, the whole place is doing the, doing the damn busters, yeah. and we've got close and goal, Nellinger and Alberts, you know, in the midfield, and you're just thinking, I hope to hell they have no idea what that means. <laughs> yeah, you know I, mean? I know, I know. It's like, if you want to, the whole kind of, you know, if, if you if you want to, this confused kind of attitude folk get when they go to the football because it's a bit, well, it's a day out and we're going to get the, the working week out of our system by being a bit dangerous, you know, and that quickly, I, I drink to that and that escalates to sectarianism because you think being sectarian means that you're being loyal to Rangers, you know, that you're showing how much you hate Celtic. You know, to then, but to, to actually be sitting in your house on the phone watching Rangers players going through something that's deeply personal, deeply emotional for them, and to then tweet that you don't approve of that, or that you think, as you were saying earlier, I've actually seen folks saying like, they thought it was sinister and what I mean, What world are you living in? 
Yeah. You know, and I know uh, well, there's, a, there's a few suggestions what we should ban these people and what can have you in it. And I would, I would say, no, just, just try and locate, try and track these folk down and just say to them, let's have a conversation with this and, and get them in a room with Connor Goldson and James Tavernier and explain themselves to their boys. You know, just, just, say, just tell them why you think they shouldn't be allowed to protest at what's been happening um, to them their whole life. It's beyond comprehension, mate. It is, it is. Aye. But I, I mean, I, I, it was a sad, I mean, again, we should point out that it's, it's not all supporters. I think the majority of supporters probably share some of the views that we've expressed tonight, but... Absolutely do, yeah. As you as you, said there, Alex, I think we get treated a bit differently and we have to be a bit cuter and a bit more streetwise in, in what we do and uh, because people... Like your spears and all the rest of them will, will, will pick it up and run there. Oh, yeah, the other people that need to bother themselves as well are the people that are actually kind of um, enjoying the fact that there's been, you know, this minority of races replies. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you've got to bother yourself uh, if you're actually enjoying that kind of thing and exploiting it just because it's a different club, you know. Aye. And as you say, every support base will have this, you know, I mean, it's, it's not exclusive to Rangers, but uh, I just think because Rangers have had issues in the past with, you know, with some of the hymn sheets and all the rest of it, that the minute anything that sort of on PC comes up, then then, then people, you know, as I said, certain journalists will, will, will jump on it. Uh, guys, going back to the game, uh, just sort of quickly, I'm sort of conscious of time now. Gerard made a, a, a couple of comments after the game uh, around the academy, so I thought we'd have a wee discussion around that. You know, he was he was he was quite sort of gushing in his place for Nathan Patterson, Lewis Mayo, uh, Barjonas obviously scored, commented on their attitude, but he also made uh, quite a, a sort of cutting comment uh, about players not committing to the club, and I think we all know that that sort of reference, uh, Kai Kennedy, and. He also made a comment about ego being an issue yeah, at the at the academy, and if, if that was the case, that these players wouldn't get anywhere near Stephen Gerrard or, or, or the first team dressing room. Ross, on the academy, you know, you would have to say that it's not really produced down the years. You know, we've had the odd one here or there, but probably not as as, as many as we should have had. It's it's. It, the comments about the the ego thing did that worry you in any way? Well, I, I completely agree, and we, we discussed it. I think three weeks ago on the show that the academy hasn't, you know, for the last ten years or so, hasn't produced uh, maybe what we what we would have hoped it would. I'll be honest, my, my initial reaction actually to to hearing Gerard because it was it was a very clear message and, and warning shot to Kai Kennedy certainly. Um, Potentially to one or two others, you know, a couple of people mentioned to me, George, think he think he was referencing maybe Dapo Mabudi at the same time, and we do, we don't really know. Um, my honest, honestly, my, my initial reaction is, was kind of like, oh, crazy! He, he shouldn't be he shouldn't be airing that in public. He should be talking to them in private. He should be dealing with their families, dealing with their advisors and their agents, and and you know, keep this thing out of the media. We don't need this in the public domain. Um, but. Maybe that's me being a, a wee bit naive and being a you know just naturally cautious and and not wanting to upset the apple cart. Um, you have to think that these conversations will have been had in private, and Gerard will have sat them down and said, "If you want to be part of this Rangers first team, you need to do X, Y, and Z. You need to have your head screwed on." Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's just myself, but I feel Gerard in the past has been publicly critical of players in press conferences. Sometimes it's in, you know, in, in, in the heat of the moment after a poor result. Um, and it doesn't always have good results. So slightly nervous and apprehensive to see him do it again. But, you know, maybe, maybe it is what some of these kids need because, the, you know, as you hasten to remind us every week, Colin, modern football is a strange place. And these kids are, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years of age being paid more money than, you know, I'm sure than the three of us put together per week. Hmm. Um, they have their, their lives set out ahead of them and, and, you know, maybe they get their first big contract and they're earning a, a few bob. They get a nice wash bag that they seem to walk in with eyebrows with and everything's going their way. So they probably do need a reality check. Um, 
because we do not want to see the generation of, you know, your Nathan Patterson, Lewis Mayo, Kai Kennedy going the same way as Fraser Aird and Kyle Hutton. That's not what any of us want to see. So, yeah, maybe Gerard does need to be disciplined and strict and tough with them and give them a reawakening because certainly something at the academy has to change. Alex, uh, sort of final question. Ronald de Boer was quite vocal this week about the, the academy thing. Uh, you know, there's been some discussion around some Scottish football clubs cutting funding or getting rid of their academies uh, in light of the, you know, the the current pandemic and the impact that that's had in, in clubs uh, uh, turnover and all that kind of thing. So, I, I mean, the, the, the academy thing, I've, I'm always kind of stuck between yeah and nay, really, because I've, I've, I mean, I've always admired the Boers' former club Ajax, the way they produce player after player after player. Uh, but Frank de Boer made a, a comment when he was Ajax manager a few years ago saying that, you know, because the big clubs are taking players younger now, you know, he himself got his move to Barcelona when he was like 27, 28 or something like that. So Ajax had got good value out of the Boer. They'd uh, coached them, brought them through the academy, got seven, eight, nine years out of them, and then sold them on for, for a profit. Now, Frank de Boer was saying when he was at Ajax, you know, players were going at 19, 20. The one he was talking about was, uh, well, he went to Spurs. He's at Milan now. He's at Inter. Ericsson, Christian Ericsson. Oh, I, I, I. He lost Ericsson at like 19, 20. So he was yeah. saying, I, I then to go into my youth team and pick a boy out at 17. And, you know, by the time he's 19, 20, he's played 100, 150 games. And, and the Milan want him, uh, Barcelona want him, and I've got to sell him when he's 2021. 20, whereas years ago, we would get use out of him. So there is that kind of argument to say that is it worthwhile producing players? Because as we saw with Billy Gilmore, if you, if you, if you <laughs> produce a gem, you don't get the use of him. He's away at 17, 18. So is it worthwhile having, having the academy in the first place? Um, yes, in terms of your standing as a club um, and, the, and the community, basically. I think it's for us, it's become a kind of like a social contract. Um, you, you should, a club of Rangers standing, an institution should be trying their best to produce players, uh, especially from especially from the, lo- the local area or local area. If we're, if we're honest, it's just Scotland, full stop, you know. But um, when you're talking about Ajax, that's is there really anybody else you can think of, you know, that can produce young players to the point where Rangers, you know, they would fulfil our needs as a club. You know, we need to win the league basically every year and perform in Europe um, from a kind of a base of no money in terms of television, no compared to what they're getting in the big five leagues. And the, you know, the Dutch are kind of halfway between us in the big five leagues. Um, 60 million people or something in Holland, you know, and, and Ajax have, have made the best of it over the years. And the, the team, the, the last couple of years, have been absolutely sensational to watch. Um, Ajax, they're, they're still doing it, but it's augmented with a few kind of senior players. But other than that, I can't really think of anybody that, that, that is producing, you know, the amount of young players that Rangers would need, of, of a standard that Rangers would need to fulfil their kind of remit uh, as a football club. Um, it would be embarrassing if we didn't have the... If we didn't have a good youth setup, um, it would be embarrassing if we weren't trying to produce these kind of players. But um, I think what, what Gerard was doing yesterday, he's saying um, to Kai Kennedy, "Look, Man City and Bayern Munich are sniffing on about you. You know, um, if you want to taste of being a, if you if you want to be a superstar, if you think you're a superstar, this is what it is. You get slagged by the manager on national television. You know, it, that, that, that's that's the other way you've got to earn this uh, kind of status. And um, by the way, on, on that, I think it's when when Gerard was getting criticised last season for throwing players under the bus when they lost, I think it was quite good to see him just more or less kind of saying, it's not about me throwing players under the bus. He's kind of tacitly saying, you better get on this bus. <laughs> I'm driving. Um, yeah. uh, if, if, you're not, if you're not on board, you know, um, it's, it's going to move pretty fast. Um, and you, you better get on board sharpish. And I thought it was to do that after we'd won a tournament and things are looking pretty good. And we've seen where, where the kind of rival manager across the city Um Slagging not just players but directors, everybody, um, and doing it in a scattergun fashion. Um, I think when Gerard was doing it, it was kind of steely and thought out and quiet 
and uh, it was it was it was it was good. I was quite I was quite impressed um, that instead of getting in there and ranting about winning some kind of pre-season tournament, he was just taking the opportunity to to try and uh, build us up for the future to try and look, look after the the youth system. It was it, it was good, but I I don't I don't know. It's it, it really is. It's a it's a bit of a as you said a bit of a quandary what happens with the youth system because we need players of a certain standard uh, in the team and. We've watched it for years. You get a guy like Nathan Parson or whatever, or Mayo's coming in. And you hope they, you hope they push on. You hope they do do well. But as Ross was saying, you know, uh, for every one of them, you've got every for every player that comes through the youths and does well. You've got uh, how many? A dozen or so that will just make a couple of appearances and then never be heard of again. Um, so uh, it's a it's a difficult one. But um, uh, we're certainly we're certainly no Ajax, but not many clubs are. Yeah, can I can I disagree with that? And but, but I, I mean, uh, a sort of quick point before we wrap it up. You know, I mean, Ajax got to the semi-final, the Champions League a couple of years ago, with pretty much a homegrown team. But all Aye. the way through, every time they go, every round they go further on. All everyone was saying was, well, if they don't win it this year, they're not going to win it because at the end of this year they're going to get broken up. You know, because the big clubs are going to come in and say, I'll take him, I'll take him, I'll take him. And that's that. So I think it's, even now, it's really difficult for clubs of, of sort of Rangers, Ajax, stature to to produce their own because the big the big boys just come in. The minute there's a real gem there, the, the big boys just come in and take it and, and take them. And we, we can't we can't cope with that. Yeah. Uh, so as, it's, as, as you say, it's a difficult one. Anyway, right, guys, really conscious of time now. Uh, we've run about six or seven minutes over, which always happens when I'm in control because I'm never really in control. Uh, right, guys, so that's pretty much it for this week's episode of the Jersey Weekly Podcast. A big thanks to Ross and Alex for their contributions tonight. Uh, superb stuff as always. There'll be a show next week. We are playing Motherwell on Wednesday night, I believe, at Ibrox, and then we've got Coventry City, home of the specials, by the way. Good band. <laughs> Check them out. Uh, Coventry City next week so we'll discuss in those two games plus anything else that pops up through the week uh, in the meantime get yourself on to the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk uh, as always guys during these lockdown times stay safe uh, and until next time bye for now